On last week's podcast, the number one reason real estate agents fail is a lack of time management. This is especially true when you're transitioning from a full-time job and part-time real estate into full-time real estate. Today on this podcast, we wanna talk about why most people have so much trouble with this, some tips and some secrets that the most successful agents use during the transition and afterwards. This is the How To Real Estate Podcast, episode number three with Kyle Lindsay and myself, Jeremy Smith. Kyle, good morning, brother. Good morning, sir. How has today been for you? What is something you're grateful for? You know, uh, today has been an excellent day so far. Got a nice walk in with my dog earlier today. Um, and today I, you know, I'm grateful for coffee. I know that's probably pretty generic, but man, I had two cups a day and they were both great. Love it. Love <laughs> it, man. So my day's been good too. Um, I'm grateful for the house that I live in. Super grateful for that. It's a so, good one. I've got th uh, four kids, right? And three of them still live at home. They're teenagers, all three of them. Yes. And my youngest has a performance today. So she she was at home, but she didn't have any friends over. But the other two, the oldest two that are still in the house, the two middle children, they both had like several friends over and they were in the pool and in the spa and on the trampoline and blasting music. I had to tell them several times after midnight to turn the music down in the backyard because <laughs> they're just out there partying. So- and I'm, I'm super grateful to be able to give them something that I never had, you yeah. know, to be able to provide a life for those kids that, that I never had. So that was, that's cool. That's the dream, isn't it? Like Hell to give yeah. your kids a better life than you had? Yes, absolutely. Man. That's that, fantastic. You know, as a dad, I know this is not about parenting, but, uh, <laughs> you know, as a dad, like that's like your thing or as a parent in general, like that's your responsibility, right? Yeah. You're supposed to give your kids things and, and help them to be better than you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that's when you know you're winning. You know, and so it's cool. I like to see them have fun and they're way better than me than I was at their age. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah no, nothing like, but growth from there. Heck yeah. <laughs> love it, man. Love it. Well, in order for me to have gotten there though, right, to get to, get to this point where I'm at with the kids and finances and our the house that we live in, time management. Yes. Like this was a big part of the transition was time management, you know? So um, those of you guys listening, Kyle and I both started off in our careers as part-time agents. Like we had full-time jobs, decided we want to get into real estate for the dreams and the goals and the freedoms that everybody's searching for here. And we had to make a transition, you know, just like most of you guys either are in process of the transition, you've already made it, or you're considering doing it. When you're working a full-time job and doing real estate at the same time, that time management becomes absolutely freaking critical. Yes. And like you said, man, this is the number one reason why most real estate agents fail. You know, that is so true. And you know, I love the two different viewpoints here because I mean, admittedly, Jeremy was a lot more successful as a part-time real estate agent than I was. So I feel like I took a little bit more of the typical path than you did, but I want people to hear that it's possible to do what you did absolutely. with the right with the right system and the right dedication, like what you did is atypical, but it's not impossible. Absolutely. Like, you know, and for all of you that are like me and maybe not have, have stumbled through it and maybe had to learn a little bit more the hard way. I'm here for that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, let me, let me just paint the picture for, for those folks listening. You know, I was working for BNSF railway mm -hmm. and uh, the job I had, the schedule was pretty crazy. It was 12 hour shifts and one month we would work, you know, 
5 a.m. to 5 p.m. The next month would be 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. So your sleep schedule always sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one cool part is we worked like a rotating shift where it was four on, three off, three on, four off, mm-hmm. right? Which that was actually pretty cool, right? That that helped me in real estate where the other things were kind of against me. Um, but the reason why I, w- I was able to close 41 transactions my first year with that full-time job was because of this topic, mm-hmm. right? It was just understanding how important time was. And I think the first part was really understanding that we all have the same amount of time. And I know comparison like can be bad, but I think it can be good too, yes. right? So when I heard that, like, hey, we all have 168 hours in a, in a week, like as a W-2 employee, it wasn't something I was thinking about. Right. You know, but just, hey, go work my 12-hour shift and, and work for my days off, mm-hmm. you know, work for my vacation. And that was what I was going to work for, you mm-hmm. know, was, was for that time off. And when I learned that, hey, we all have 168 hours in the week, and the question was posed, like, why are some folks able to do more with that time than others? That was almost like a challenge to me. You know, I was like, well, fuck, you know, why? I don't know if we may need to bleep that out, but um, I'm like, well, why? Why is it? Why is somebody else able to create so much more in their 168 hours than I can? So some things I learned um, that was taught to me by my coach and mentor, Joshua Smith, was you've got to get clarity, right? You have to get clarity on what you want. Mm -hmm. And if you want it bad enough, then you've got to be willing to do the things with your time that are uncomfortable, you know, that most people won't do. And when you're working a full-time job, you're like, hey, I want to go to work. I get up at this time. I go to work at this time. I work between these two hours. I come home. And now is my time to unwind. Mm-hmm. You know, especially guys. Like, we get home and we're like, we don't want to hear no words. We just want to go in our cave. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need some downtime to 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 unwind. And Yeah, please don't throw the kids or the the, the house chores at me. Like, I just worked 12 hours. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, don't ask me for anything. Like, I don't want to make any decisions. I don't want to decide what we're eating or where we're going to eat. I mean, I don't want to decide any of that. You know, I just, I want to, I I want to decompress, Mm -hmm. right? Come home and decompress. But I got to a point where I wanted to be free from the railroad more than I wanted to decompress. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So it was that fire, you know, that was like, okay, well, I've got 168 hours just like you do, Mm -hmm. just like everybody else. And now I've got to factor in how much time is realistic for me to work into real estate. I want to take a quick step back though, because I think enough, a lot of people are probably going to struggle with this. Talk a little bit more about wanting to leave the railroad more than you wanted to, um, to decompress because what got you there and what was really the reason that drove the, the, the need to leave the railroad. Cause I think there's a lot of people that are comfortable in their jobs, but they want more. Right. So what really fueled the need? Was it, was it just a bad situation at BNSF or was it at the railroad or was it a stronger desire for your future? Like, like where, where were you on that spectrum? Yeah. So it was kind of a mixture of all of that, you know, it was the environment wasn't, wasn't was not in alignment with my values, my my core values. You know, just wasn't. And um, not to talk bad about that company at all, because I am grateful for the ten years I had there. I learned so much, mm-hmm. met so many amazing people, did things that most people will only dream about doing, mm-hmm. right? And so it was partially that, and it was really mostly my my duties and obligations as a father. You know, because 
when I tried real estate and failed in early 2000s, man, that led to a lot of financial hardship. It led to a foreclosure and bankruptcy. And, and really, we kind of, we recovered from that, you know, financially by working at the railroad. But what I, what ended up happening was my son had gotten a scholarship to Texas A&M from the Navy ROTC program, which I'm a Navy veteran. And that was mm-hmm. like, I was so proud of my son for doing this, right? And then he needed, um, he needed to get student loans and he needed a co-signer. So I'm like, I'll co-sign for you. Mm-hmm. Well, then his loans got denied mm-hmm. and it was because of me. Man. Yeah, because of my credit and all that. And uh, and it was it was the embarrassment of that, mm-hmm. you know, like feeling like I let him down, and I and because of me, he wasn't going to be, he may not be able to take care of this, or take advantage of this amazing opportunity that he had, right. you know. And my desire to create a lot, help him create a life that was better than mine, mm-hmm. you know, and set him up for the future it was, it, it was bad, man. But it lit it lit that fire, you know, mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, well, you got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Right. So then I decided I was going to get back into real estate. So when I, when I think about what kept me pushing from the comfort zone of, hey, let me decompress and let me spend this time just relaxing to, hey, I got to keep working was the reality of working where I was working was the biggest pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no way I was ever going to be the CEO. I was only going to make so much more so much more money than what I was making then. In order to do even that, I had to spend more time there. Mm-hmm. be willing to move across the country and do all the things, which again, great career. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a lot of friends that still work there and, and I'm not talking bad about it at all. Everybody's career choice is different. It just wasn't in alignment with me. So that was it. That was the fact like I knew that something had to change. And if it was going to change, I had to be the one to change it. Nobody was going to do that for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, it had to be me just like you guys, you know, it's got to be you. If you're going to make this change and you're going to transition and, and create a life for you and your family that, that you're dreaming of, like it's got to be you. You know, no, nobody else is going to do that for you. So you got to get uncomfortable and you got to be super clear on, on what you want, why you want it. And you got to feel that every day. Man, I, I love that. Cause it wasn't like, like I said, it wasn't one thing, but I think, I think the bigger thing you were saying there was just the, the pull towards a better life that you knew wasn't going to happen where you were because you had to keep trading more time for more money right? versus being able to create something where you could hopefully at some point, you know, you're not levering, leveraging just time for money. Right. Um, and then you give your family a better, a better future. So that's, and I think for a lot of people listening, that's really powerful to hear. Cause I know we've gotten slightly off topic from time management, but I think the why is so important. And so there's a lot of people out there that would have been hundred percent comfortable with the money you were making at the railroad. Right. Yeah. And yes, you could have taken that salary and turned it into something bigger, maybe slower than what you're doing right now. But you just, you wanted more. And I think that's a big part of the transition is you need to want more. There's not always going to be a catalyst in your life or an event that might push you to that. I think it is the, it is recognizing the daily struggle and the daily frustration and the, the progress towards what you really want for yourself that you're not achieving where you are. I think that is something to really tap into when you're doing this, because we're about to get into more of the time management skills, but what we're talking about is probably, it's going to be very simple, but it is not easy. No, it's not. And, and I'm glad that we kind of took this route to get to this point, because in order to do it, you've got to want to do it. Yeah. Right. You, you've got to have a big desire to do it because the, the time management part takes a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. 
it takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of want to, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't really want to, when it when it gets hard and you're tired and you're like, hey, I could actually, you know, I can do this tomorrow. Yeah. I can catch up with this tomorrow. I can do it on the weekend. You know, let me go ahead and spend this time now um, doing whatever, you know, whatever is in your comfort zone that is not getting you closer to your goal. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to really want it. Yeah, you got 100%. To. All right, so let's dig into the uh, to the actual tactics here. So, what, what's the first thing you wanna you wanna point out that really helped you accelerate from zero to forty one in, in their first year? Absolutely, man. So I got I'm, I'm gonna name the topics I'm gonna talk about, and then we'll kind of go over them. So we're gonna talk about ninety sixties. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about distractions. We'll talk about clarity, which we kind of did it a little bit already. Um, we'll talk about the real problem. Okay. Right, the real problem to time management. Um, and we'll talk about some priorities, right? Perfect. So kind of combining two, and that's clarity and 90-60s, okay. right? So what 90-60s are? These are time blocks on your calendar that are 90-minute increments and 60-minute increments. Okay. And the reason why I love these is because when I was working a full-time job and I was doing real estate in the hours where I wasn't working, there was no roadmap, mm-hmm. right? And the broker didn't say, hey, do this at this time. Like my employer did, right? When right. I came to work, the employer was like, hey, this is what you do. Like, mm-hmm. these are your duties. Here's what you train to do. And then you do that. But nobody does that for you in real estate. So these 90-60s really keep you on track so that you don't spend too little time on one thing, but you don't spend too much time on one thing. But but you don't learn how to time block in uh, your real estate licensing classes? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't teach us that, yeah, That's right? weird. <laughs> they didn't teach us that. They did teach us how important it is. Yeah. Right? Never once did they even mention it, right? <laughs> Set us up for failure, man. But so 90s is working on the real estate activities that are vital to the growth of your business. Okay. Right? So what are some of those? So there's really three. There's contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. There's appointment conducting. And there's prospecting. Okay, so I said those in, in that specific order, but it's kind of and that was kind of in a reversed order. Okay, one leads to the other, mm-hmm. right? So you can't negotiate contracts if you don't have clients to negotiate contracts for. Makes sense. You cannot get clients unless you're conducting appointments. Okay, and you will not get appointments if you're not prospecting. Yes. So they tie into one another. Say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot get contracts to negotiate if you're not getting clients. 100%. You can't get clients if you're not setting appointments. You will not set appointments if you're not prospecting. There you go. There you go. So (laughs) I did it in the reverse order because I want people to kind of walk back on that. But if you... Just realize in the beginning, like you may spend the whole 90 prospecting. Mm-hmm. There may be times where you spend the whole 90 conducting an appointment. Mm-hmm. You may spend the whole 90 negotiating contracts. Hopefully you get to that point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That would be a lot of negotiating going on, mm-hmm. right? And negotiating contracts is not per- not just purchase contracts, right? Right. That can also be buyer rep agreements. Mm-hmm. It can also be listing agreements, right? You can negotiate those things. So- those 90s are designed for that. And there should be several different blocks throughout your day where you're focused on those things, mm-hmm. right? But you don't want to spend too long on them because there's other things you need to do, right? right? There's administrative tasks. Maybe you're working on the back end of your CRM or mm-hmm. you're building out a drip campaign or you're returning emails or phone calls from um, agents or prospects or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You, you need to return communication. Maybe you're doing research on something. Maybe you're spending time learning 
which I guess they tell you in real estate school, you don't need to do that after you get your license. <laughs> only only uh, for the CE class. Only that's all, on your that's renewal. all you have to do. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's uh, happened so much. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, spending that time. And then when you know like, hey, okay, let's just say from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. prospecting, conducting appointments mm-hmm. and negotiating contracts at your 90. Okay, 9.30 to 10.30, you're in a 60-minute admin. Return phone calls, text messages that you may have missed, work on back-end stuff, design marketing, whatever you're doing. Then at 9.30 or 10.30, you go back into another 90, mm-hmm. right? And then it's important to understand that like there's certain parts of the day where prospecting is more effective than others. Right. So if you're prospecting in the morning, 8 to 9.30, then you're probably going to want to do another window of prospecting in the afternoon, you know, mm-hmm. 4 to 5.30 or yeah. 4.30 to 6 even. Yeah. Right? So just plug in those times. Start with your... Your work schedule, you know, put that if you're working full time, you know, put that on your calendar and then plug in your 90s, mm-hmm. then plug in your 60s. Yeah. Right. And that's going to help help you to have clarity. I love that, especially because we, we need to also schedule those breaks. In. And if you have a clear mark between a 90 and a 60, maybe give yourself five or 10 minutes to step out of your office or wherever you are, change your scenery, stretch, get a snack, whatever that is for you step away for a couple minutes and then hopefully come back even a little bit more refreshed. Absolutely. And, and I also think that some people hear time blocks and they feel like it's too restrictive, but I feel when you can pre-plan your schedule and you know exactly what you're doing when it takes the decision um, willpower out of your brain and you don't have to think about it. You just start doing it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I would, I would even challenge that mindset to, to the people that are saying, Hey, that's too restrictive. And, and I would challenge you and say, so what? Like you go to your job. Isn't that restrictive? Mm-hmm. If you go work for somebody else and they tell you exactly what you're supposed to do, how restricting is that? Yeah. Like you've got to ask for time off, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to ask to be sick. You've got to ask when you can go on vacation. That's pretty freaking restrictive, right? So mm-hmm. Although it may feel like it's restrictive, it's it. So what? Like you have to do it. Like if you <laughs> want to succeed, you've got to do it. Well, you got to put the work in. And if you if you exercise what most people consider time freedom, meaning like, well, I wake up, I decide what I want to do that day. That is the path most agents take when they fail. Mm-hmm. Um, without having a schedule of any sort, you are destined to fail. And we're talking about here. Um, time blocking is obviously it's, it's talked about a lot, but it's talked about a lot because it works. Yeah. And maybe the 90s, 60s don't work exactly for you. Maybe you do a bunch of 60s. Um, but I think the 90, 60 route is probably one of your better ways to go because you do build in more time for your more important activities. And I think that really needs to be stressed. There are more important activities in the day and your email is not one of them. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. And a lot of times we find ourselves involving ourselves in activities to to avoid mm-hmm. the hard stuff. Yes. Right? To avoid prospecting. Yes. To avoid setting those appointments for, for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. But you find yourself doing a bunch of the admin stuff to avoid those things. So stick to them. You know, don't knock it until you try it. Right. Right? If you've not tried the 90s, 60s, and you don't really have a leg to stand on and say, don't work. Yeah. Right? And some, some people may think that uh, these things are going to, be difficult to do and, and they are for a while, you know, but you'll do it. You'll get, you'll get used to it. Um, if you're committed. 
Awesome. So time blocking is ultra critical and I would 100% agree. So what is, what is next on our, our agenda? So eliminating distractions and, and I want to couple this one with the, the biggest problem, okay. right? So the biggest problem is not, it is not time management per se. It's choice management. Mm. Limiting distractions and making better choices of what you're doing with your time is the key. And that ties right back into the 90s, 60s, you know? Yeah. And it all, and I guess it, it all really just kind of ties together, you know, but being crystal clear, you know, hey, really evaluate what you're giving time and attention to the same way you should be doing with your finances and seeing if those things are in alignment with your goals, mm -hmm. right? So if your goal is to sell 24 houses in the next 12 months, that's two a month, 100% doable. Right. Like everybody can do that, mm -hmm. right? If, if, if you manage your day correctly. So if your goal is to sell 24 houses, is going to lunch dates with title companies and lenders getting you closer to that goal? Well, I haven't had closings in a while. I need a free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it may help there, right? It may help with your finances a little bit for a free lunch, but it's definitely not moving the needle. For sure. Right. You could be building relationships and that's cool. I think that's a big part of avoidance, mm -hmm. you know, and saying, oh yeah, you know, and, and flattery and all that stuff. Like the title companies and the mortgage people that want to take you to lunch, they're good people. They've got a job. Mm -hmm. Their job is to sell you on their service. Right. So as you, you know, take those lunch meetings, like this probably not in your best interest, you know, or if you're doing things that are not related to your business growth, you know, those those are distractions, you know, and if it's not in alignment with your goals and your values, then it, it, it's got to come off of your calendar. Yes. For the first few years, I did a couple of things, man. One, I to avoid distractions, I took the antenna off my truck mm, okay. so, so I couldn't listen to the radio. Okay. Um, all I could listen to were audiobooks. Well, I mean, I guess I could use Spotify or whatever, but I, I was disciplined, you know, <laughs> and I made a decision not to listen to anything but positivity. Mm. and growth mindset stuff. Also, we gave up our cable. My kids freaking hated it. Like, <laughs> we gave I'm up. surprised they're still at home. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, we gave up, you know, we gave up TV. You yeah. know, we didn't, I didn't come home and sit down and eat dinner and watch TV. Right. You know, it was, hey, I come home, sit down, eat dinner, spend that quality time with the family because right after that, I was going to go back into some business building stuff, mm -hmm. you know, working on the back end or prospecting or what have you. You know, I love this. And just to interject real fast, it's when we, when we sit down with a lot of new agents, um, one of the things we do is we do a time study with them and we go through and we use that 168 hours and we ask them, okay, well, how many hours a day do you sleep? How many hours a day do you work out? And we go through a lot of different activities and without fail, there's always at least 20 to 30 hours left in that week yeah. that are not currently accounted for. Guess mm -hmm. what you're doing with those hours? Yeah. This, I mean, I mean, everyone listening to this right now, think about that. How many hours a day or a week are you spending on completely unproductive time? Now, I'm not saying we don't need downtime, but I am saying what you need to do is really be present in the time that you have allotted. Right. If it's dinner with the family, put the phone away. Mm -hmm. Have dinner with the family. If it is work time, again, you don't need the extra distractions. Right. If you want to browse a social media site, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, schedule time for it. Give yourself 30 minutes during a lunch break or an hour after work because you want to catch up on the funny reels and things like that. I mean, I love looking at them too. For sure, yeah. But there's a time and a place for everything. And I think eliminating those distractions and maybe giving yourself a little bit of grace to have time for those distractions is so important. Yeah. 
Absolutely, man. That's absolutely great advice. It's it's eye opening, you know, mm-hmm. when you do that time study and you see how much time the there's just kinda you're spinning willy nilly. Right. You know, and there's no there's no value in that. And I say that not disregarding family time. Right. Right. Because that should be on your calendar. Well, we normally ask about that during the time today. Like, well, how much time do you actually spend with your family? And they'll say, Oh, well, 10 hours a week. Okay, cool. We put, we throw it on there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still 20 or 30 hours that guess, guess who's really eating that up. Exactly. Facebook, Instagram, Netflix, mm-hmm. Amazon prime video, whatever yeah. streaming site you're addicted to at the moment. Yeah. And, and think about it this way, you guys, like those platforms are platforms meant for making money. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so we stay on them. The longer we stay on them, the, the more time and attention we give to them, the more money we're making for that platform. Right. Right. So it's not, leading us towards our goal, right? our financial goal. It's actually taking from it. So yeah, definitely eliminate distractions as, as much as you can. And then, you know, when we talk about the choices, like the reality is, is when you're building something, it takes a lot more time and effort than you think it's going to take. Ooh, yeah, 100%. It, it takes so much more. And if you're not disciplined and you're not crystal clear on your goal and why you're doing it and what you want out of it, and you don't have what's called self-efficacy, like mm-hmm. you've got to have that, right? You've got to believe that you can actually do this thing. Gotcha. If yeah. you're, if you're not, Explain that self-efficacy a little bit more for people that haven't heard that. Yeah. So self-efficacy, man, it just really boils down to just believing in yourself now, okay. believing that there's a thing that you can do, right? So if you have a driver's license right now, at some point in, in your life, you learn to drive, mm-hmm. right? And at some point, you probably started, you're probably scared, but you're excited. You're, all your friends are doing it. And you probably compared yourself to one of your friends. Well, if, right. if that person can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. That's self-efficacy, right? You believed yes. in yourself that you could do this thing. So you've got to have that here, right? You've okay. got to have that self-efficacy. Believing that you can do it, then you've got to be committed to doing it. So I it, I think when you're talking about this, for me, I hear the choice problem. I feel like that is almost directly related to your priority problem. Yeah. So talk about that. How do you set those priorities? And maybe a suggested order that you you put them in yourself that you might help people kind of help themselves figure that out. Yeah. Um, so number one priority for, for me when I was transitioning was – getting the amount of money I needed in the bank so that I could be responsible financially for my family when I made the transition. Mm, okay. Cause I made the transition in the early two thousands and it was disastrous. Right. So <laughs> I wasn't going to do that again. Um, so that, that actually, that was the number one priority. So I knew how much money I needed to leave. I didn't know how I was going to get it. Mm-hmm. So priority one was set, right? This is yeah. how much money I need. And this is the time frame I'm going to give myself to do it. Priority number two was, learning exactly what I needed to learn to be effective quickly, mm-hmm. right? Because with a full-time job, like I couldn't risk spending all this time and then going out and not being successful because I didn't know. Right. You didn't have time to learn on the job. Didn't, no. Okay. And I didn't have time to fail. Right. Right. I've already done that before. I didn't have time to fail. I needed to make sure that I was going to win Right. as much as I could. So Priority number two was learning the craft, mm-hmm. setting up everything on the back end so that when I did get clients, it was seamless because my goal with all my clients was that they did not know that I had a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I didn't okay. want any of my clients to know, which meant that, one, I wasn't going to just volunteer the information. Right. 
I wouldn't hide it from them. Like if they asked me, I would have told them. Right. Some of them knew. Um, Some of them came from the railroad. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my first one did. Absolutely. So, um, but two, I didn't want them to ever feel like I was unreachable. Mm. You know, like, oh, we can't get a hold of Jeremy between these hours and what's going on. And, you know, right, he only right. calls us at night or only talks to us early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I didn't want him to think that or feel that way. Right. So I had to make sure that I learned as much as I could in the beginning before I got clients so that it was seamless. You know, gotcha. it looked like, hey, this business is up and running. It's been running for a while. It was a well-oiled right, right. machine. Um, so that was priority number two. And then priority number three was going out and figuring out ways to get in front of people to show them what I knew, mm-hmm. right, and, and and put into practice my buyer consultation, my listing presentation in real-life scenarios to get new business. Mm, I love it. So to break it down even a little bit further, it sounds like priority one was a, was a business outcome goal. Mm-hmm. Priority number two was learning your craft and being the best that you could be. And priority three was surprise, surprise, actually getting in front of people. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. scary. It's scary. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And what I didn't hear on there was be able to talk knowledgeably about the latest Netflix shows. No. Um, about what was the latest TikTok trend? Right. Um, None of that. Anyway, I'm not. I'm, I know we keep saying that. I'm not bashing those. I I'm I'm caught up on Man- Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> I, I know what's show. happening on those. You know. So anyway, we do. I mean, anyway, we're, it's all part of it. But everything has a time and a place. Yeah. And I love the fact that that here's your priorities. Now your priorities may not match Jeremy's. That's fine. But I want to hear maybe a few examples of decisions you had to make along the way to fit those priorities that, that may have hurt a little bit, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, because I think, again, that that's that choice issue we're talking about. Everything you do is a choice. And a lot of us like to say, oh, I didn't have time or I got too busy. Were you, were you too busy? Right. Or did yeah. you not have your priorities outlined that help you make that choice? Yeah. Yeah. So man, there's a lot of sacrifices. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Um, I remember not being able to go to some of my kids sporting games. Mm-hmm. And like before that, I had never missed one. Right. You know, and not being able to really spend the time with my family that I wanted to in that moment because we're super close. Like we've always been really close, all right. of us. Um, so I, I, when I look back, I mean, that was probably the biggest part, you know, that in which this one doesn't really make that much of a difference to me, but lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I, I learned to operate effectively on four hours of sleep. Man. And, yeah. And I was still, you know, in the gym every day, like just still grinding, you know, my physical health is important to me, you mm-hmm. know, and it should be to everybody listening. Cause if you're not physically healthy, that's going to distract you from everything. Right. You know, so <clears throat> that's got to be a priority, but yeah, I was definitely some, um, pushback from friends and family, mm-hmm. you know, that were like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Why don't you ever come to anything? Like, right. How come we don't hear from you? Or, you know, they didn't, they weren't involved in those conversations where we're like, hey, here's the plan. Right. You know, they didn't fully understand all of that. So, and and then honestly, like some people too, there's distancing with some people mm-hmm. and not on purpose, like not that they're bad people or, or, or that I was being a bad person, but it was just priorities and, and mindset changed, mm-hmm. you know? So we started to have less and less in common. Right. You know, where I was on this grind, you know, wanted to build this, real estate empire and create all this epic life for my family. And they were still like, I just want to work this job and then go out and have a drink afterwards and, mm-hmm. you know, do these things on the weekend. And 
And the, I mean, all that stuff is fine because the reality is, is if, if you do this, like really discipline yourself and you, you focus and you deal with the sacrifice in the very beginning, mm-hmm. you will build something to a point where like a few years down the road, you get your time back. Man, I love that. I, I don't know if this is an actual quote or not, but, but uh, I've heard this before, um, or at least maybe it's floating around in my mind, but do what others aren't willing to do now so you can do what they can't do later. Absolutely. And I, I love that. It's, it's more, you know, just off the last couple of minutes, there's been so many like future podcast episode ideas here. So <laughs> like, we're going to talk about being a real estate agent and a parent at the same time oh, coming up. We're going to talk about um, like, I don't know how to phrase this, but like you will leave as you gain more success, you will leave people behind. Yes. And the cool thing is, is you will yeah. gain new friends along the way that help support that growth. I think that's going to be a cool one coming up. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about those. So, but, but getting back to the, the time management, the sacrifice, the priorities that this isn't easy and you will have to sacrifice, but that's a long-term, that's a long-term mindset right there is I will sacrifice now to build the business I want later. Because yeah. if you are currently working a full-time job and you want to be full-time in real estate, there will be a transition period where you will work more than you may have ever worked before in your life because you, 100%. you have, you can't just, unless you just have for whatever reason, 12 months of expenses saved up. You can't just quit your, most people can't quit their job. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. And so in that meantime, you're going to be learning. You're going to be building up that back end, like you said. And then when you finally start doing transactions, guess what? Your clients may know you have another job. They may not. You may tell them, regardless of whether they know or not, they still want a world-class experience that Absolutely. you will have to provide. Yes. And that will be, for me at least, I was working... 50, 40, anywhere between 40 and 60 hours a week, on average about 50 hours a week at my full-time job. And towards the end of that full-time job, I was also working 40 to 50 hours a week as a real estate agent. And I know that was hard on my wife. Um, It was hard on me physically. Like, you know, you just, like we talked about, you just want to come home and relax. And that was the sacrifice you made so that when I did leave that full-time job, yes, it was a breath of fresh air to not have to have that extra 50 hours, but guess what? It, it, it's, there's still some weeks that I do that hundred hour week. Yeah. Yeah. You just you repurpose know. the time. Exactly. You repurpose the time and it's just, it's all, there's, there's going to be a sacrifice in the beginning. There has to be. There has to be. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's funny too, because I experienced the same thing when I left the railroad. Like, so I, I left 11 months after getting into real estate, I was able to leave the railroad. And then I had so much more time. So that first year was 41 transactions. The second year was 78 transactions because I didn't just take the time and do nothing with it. Right. Right. I just plugged real estate activities back into that time. And something that I think people need to hear, like we get our real estate license. There's a lot of this, hey, I'm going to get licensed and I'm going to have financial freedom and I'm going to have freedom of my time. And you see things that people are doing on social media and they make it look easy, mm-hmm. right? So can you have financial freedom and can you have freedom of time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can. But just getting your license doesn't give you that. 100%. You have to earn that, mm-hmm. right? So in, in, in the beginning, as you're building up your business, you have to be willing to take the sacrifice. You yeah. know, you've got to be willing to work harder, longer, and more often than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right, you've got to be willing to put in the work, put in the sacrifice, fail, learn, fail some more, and keep on your grind. Because what I think is like, if you can pass your real estate license exam, mm-hmm. you can be successful in real estate. 
Yes. But because you pass your real estate license exam doesn't guarantee you success in real estate. Like it doesn't give you, you don't earn the freedoms that you're searching for just because you got your license. Mm. You've got to continue to work and earn that. And the reality is like 87% of agents fail. So they're going to get their license, mentally go into this space of, oh, now I've got financial freedom and I've Mm -hmm. got time freedom because I got my license, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody ever told me any differently. And then what's going to happen is they're going to struggle for a while. Mm -hmm. And then they're eventually, they're going to end up right back on that nine to five. Yep. They're going to end up right back there. It happens all the time. And, you know, this has been fantastic information. I'd like to one final thought here about about time freedom and redefine that for everyone. So real estate does give you time freedom mm-hmm. and it gives you time freedom right away. And I think that's part of the problem is that we confuse what that really means. Having time freedom is does not mean you get to do whatever you want whenever you want. It means you get to be the master of your own schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to master the schedule versus being beholden to waking up and trying to decide what to do every single day. That's the difference between real estate agents that, that succeed and the real estate agents that fail. Yeah. It's like a lottery winner. Yeah, exactly. Like you win the lottery, right? And <laughs> all of a sudden you got millions of dollars and how many of these lottery winners end up broke? Exactly. They never take the time to learn how to manage that money, mm. you know, and, and do the right thing with it. It's the same thing. Yeah. Love that one. That's awesome. Love that one. Man, so this has been some fantastic information. Thank you, sir. We've, we've gone over the 90s, 60s, um, setting your priorities, setting your whys, a choice problem, um, and, and getting your priorities in line. And I, I love it. There's so much good content today. All right. So for those of you guys listening, if you guys are interested in learning more about the 90s, or you want to try that weekly time study, feel free to reach out, um, comment in this uh, podcast or um, in the show notes, there will be an email address. It is the how to real estate podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email there and we'll get you some of these studies and some of these documents that you can use to solidify your schedule and help your business grow intentionally. Awesome. Great podcast today, sir. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. And you guys get out there. Keep If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast. We're going to be dropping more epic content. We will have guests on here. This is only episode number three, guys. So we're going to continue to grow. Let us know what topics we can cover for you guys. Let us know where you're struggling and how we can help you to get through that. Yes. Please subscribe and uh, hit that like button. That would really help us out. We appreciate it. Thank you once again, Jeremy, for the fantastic content today, sir. This is the How To Real Estate.